0: Chapter Four of the Stillwater Tragedy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Stillwater Tragedy by Thomas Bailey Aldrich. Chapter Four. A sorely perplexed man sat there, bending over his papers by the lamplight. Mister Taggett had established himself at the Shackford House on his arrival, preferring it to the hotel, where he would have been subjected to the curiosity of the guests and to endless annoyances. Up to this moment, perhaps not a dozen persons in the place had had more than a passing glimpse of him. He was a very busy man, working at his desk from morning until night, and then taking only a brief walk for exercise in some unfrequented street. His meals were sent in from the hotel to the Shackford house, where the constables reported to him, and where he had protracted conferences with Justice Bemis, Coroner Whidden, Lawyer Perkins, and a few others, and declined to be interviewed by the local editor." to the outside eye that weather-stained faded old house appeared a throbbing seat of esoteric intelligence it was as if a hundred invisible magnetic threads converged to a focus under that roof and incessantly clicked out the most startling information information which was never by any chance allowed to pass beyond the charmed circle the pile of letters which the mail brought to mr taggett every morning chiefly anonymous suggestions and offers of assistance from lunatics in remote cities was enough in itself to exasperate a community. Covertly at first, and then openly, Stillwater began seriously to question Mr. Taggett's method of working up the case. The Gazette, in a double-headed leader, went so far as to compare him to a bird with fine feathers and no song, and to suggest that perhaps the bird might have sung if the inducement offered had been more substantial. A singer of Mr. Taggett's plumage was not to be taught by such chaff as five hundred dollars. Having killed his man the editor proceeded to remark that he would suspend judgment until next week. As if to make the perfect bird comparison, Mr. Taggett, after keeping the public in suspense for six days and nights, abruptly flew away, with all the little shreds and straws of evidence he had picked up, to build his speculative nest elsewhere. The defection of Mr. Taggett caused a mild panic among a certain portion of the inhabitants, who were not reassured by the statement in the Gazette that the case would now be placed in the proper hands. "'the hand of the county constabulary. "'Within a few days,' said the editor in conclusion, "'the matter will undoubtedly be cleared up. "'At present we cannot say more, "'and it would have puzzled him very much to do so.' "'A week passed, and no fresh light was thrown upon the catastrophe, "'nor did anything occur to rattle the usual surface of life in the village. "'A man, it was Torini the Italian, "'got hurt in Dana's iron foundry. "'One of Bluffton's twin girls died, "'and Mr. Slocum took a new hand from out of town.' that was all. Stillwater was the Stillwater of a year ago, with always the exception of that shadow lying upon it, and the fact that small boys, who had kindling to get in, were careful to get it in before nightfall. It would appear that the late Mr. Shackford had acquired a habit of lingering around woodpiles after dark, and also of stealing into bedchambers, where little children were obliged to draw the sheets over their heads, in order not to see him." The action of the county constabulary had proved quite as mysterious and quite as barren of result as Mr. Taggett's had been. They had worn his mantle of secrecy and arrested the tramps over again. Another week dragged by, and the editorial prediction seemed as far as ever from fulfilment. But on the afternoon which closed that fortnight, a very singular thing did happen. Mr. Slocum was sitting alone in his office, which occupied the whole of a small building at the right of the main gate to the marble works when the door behind him softly opened and a young man, whose dress covered with stone dust indicated his vocation, appeared on the threshold. He hesitated a second, then stepped into the room. Mr. Slocum turned round with a swift, apprehensive air. "'You gave me a start. I believe I haven't any nerves left. Well?' "'Mr. Slocum, I have found the man.' The proprietor of the marble yard half rose from the desk in his agitation. "'Who is it?' he asked beneath his breath. The same doubt or irresolution which had checked the workman at the threshold seemed again to have taken possession of him. It was fully a moment before he gained the mastery over himself, but the mastery was complete, as he leaned forward gravely, almost coldly, and pronounced two words. A quick pallor overspread Mr. Slocum's features. "'Good God!' he exclaimed, sinking back into the chair. "'Are you mad?' End of chapter 4